0: If you dare.
2: Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Keeping an eye on Sunday night football here between the Raiders and the Chargers. The Raiders currently with a 10-0 to nothing lead as they get ready to begin the second quarter there at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders went off as three-point underdogs, and now with the 10-point lead in the live market, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The total has ticked up to 50-and-a-half. It ended up closing at 49 and a half Uh, James let's talk football contest boy what a weekend here for circus survivor circa millions and the Westgate super contest everything coming down to the final week and uh, I mean there was some drama certainly for circus survivor players especially with the Broncos and the Chiefs game on Saturday but in the end all five remaining entrants win their game in week 18 and they cash out the big prize and that's kind of cool to have it end that way. These five guys that got all the way to the end, uh, they were set to split six million million five five ways, and that's exactly what they did with the three of the five players going with the bonus million there on the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. If you used one of those two teams in the final week, uh, you got a share of a bonus million dollars. So they split that up as two entries had the Chiefs and one entry was on the Buccaneers. Of course, the other two remaining Survivors had the Tennessee Titans and the Washington football team. So all five cashing out. Chris Piper gets $1.2 million, Syracuse Hawkeyes gets $1.2 My Cool on top, 247, and Return of Survivor all collect just over $1.5 million. So... Uh, A successful day, I think, for Circa. Obviously, these five people, uh, a great way to end it where they all get a little piece of the pie.
4: Absolutely. I'm glad they all were able to make it through. I mean, we've been on that side, not in the case of Survivor Brady, but we've been there on the last day when it comes to taking down a big prize. And just all the – you're so anxious. You want the games to kick. You've been thinking about it all week. These guys have been probably thinking about – they've been thinking about Survivor all week – every week all year long and then to finally get to this point glad everybody was able to find the right team to get on the right side and win those football games now they weren't easy. I think for Tampa, Tampa was the last one. That was the only game that was in the, the late-game window, and they didn't get off to a good start. Ultimately, in the second half, Brady and company were able to to salt away that game. But I was thinking about that Tennessee game, Brady, because we had one contestant have the Titans in that matchup. We know what the Titans needed to win. You win, you clinch the number-one seed in the AFC 21 nothing at halftime. I wonder if some champagne was on ice and maybe getting ready to be popped, but didn't make it easy. Houston, as they do, continue to battle and compete and fought back, and that became a sweat in that second half. But fortunately, they were able to pull through. So, yes, congratulations to all five entries to be the Circus Survivor champions.
2: And if we look over at the Circa Millions, there was a change at the top. You had Hannibal Barca, uh, who had two entries in first and third place. And he used, I don't know if you looked at his picks, but he used the same exact selections for both entries. Uh, He was on the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Bills, and the 49ers. He ended up going two and three. And then right behind him, you had Derbify, who was in second place and fourth place. And Derbify, his second place entry went three and two. And with his picks on his fourth place entry, he went exact opposite. So he actually ties Hannibal Barca at the top and wins via tiebreaker. So Derbify is your circa millions champion. He collects a cool million.
4: Wow, just the the gravity of that and how these games play out. Because And it started yesterday. It started on Saturday with both that Chiefs game and the Philadelphia Eagles game. And uh, I think for I'm, – I'm not going to criticize anybody's strategy. You get to this point all the way through the grind of this season and you come down to the last week and you're leading and you're at the top, but there's so much pressure, Brady. It, it, just, it can weigh on you and you – you start to second-guess, and maybe that was it right there. Look, I don't want to second-guess myself. These are my five strongest plays. I've got two entries. If I sweep the board, I'm going to not only win this thing, but I'm going to be have another big prize as far as whether I fall in second place with the top two entries. So I'm not going to criticize anybody for the way that they did. Could have gone differently. That's probably something that you're you – know, that's going to be the tough part now. You start to second-guess yourself. And maybe that's where it was. I know for me, that was the challenge. I didn't have two entries the the first couple of years when I entered and was able to cash significantly. I just had the one. So I didn't have to have and deal with that problem. So difficult problem to to, to have to play. But, you know, once the picks are in, it comes down to these guys coming to make plays out here and once the plays are in brady we don't have control over what happened in these games and i think we saw throughout this league today week 18 a lot of wild crazy games out here i just think of the indianapolis colts for one not being able to show up at all in jacksonville but it's this is such a tough sport to beat and when you get that far all the way down as far as you get congratulations whether you came in in second or third congratulations to everybody in all of these contests to be able to cash we know exactly what that feels like brady the elation of it and then on the other side probably it'll hit them tomorrow the relief that it's finally over they can exhale and move on with their lives and enjoy some nice cash
2: yeah it's a tough loss for hannibal barca who was so remarkable for a big part of the season Uh, and then basically it comes down to he and Derbify in the very end there and it's a tough blow, certainly not to win the championship, not to be able to close it out, but like you say uh, with two entries there in the top five or ten or wherever he ended up falling, uh, he's going to collect some nice cash. Uh, If you look at the consensus five for the Circa Millions, the Steelers were a winner, the 49ers were a winner, the Chiefs were a loser, the Falcons were a loser, and then the Raiders are pending. The Raiders were the fifth most popular pick, the Chargers, were the sixth most popular pick so there could be some decisions still to be made as far as the quarterly prize the booby prize now the booby prize the guy that was in dead last picking losers he had a three game lead over the next closest competitor in that competition so i imagine he probably got there with that one in the westgate super contest uh... they had a wild line on the eagles game and that became the most popular pick the eagles were plus seven and a half in that contest didn't matter as they were blown out by the Dallas Cowboys. The Steelers, also one of the consensus five picks. That's a winner. 49ers was a winner. The Vikings were a winner. And the Falcons were a loser. So 3-2, and two, your, final, uh, your final 18-week consensus for the Westgate Super Contest, like I say with the uh, Circa, still one pending here between the Raiders and the Chargers. And the Chargers are on the board, James. They get into the end zone there. Justin Herbert with a touchdown pass. And we're back with a good ball game here, just a three-point contest. Early in the second quarter,
4: yeah, actually, it was. It looked like it was just a draw play right up the box with Austin Eckler, I believe, getting in, taking it in from about twelve yards for the touchdown. And yeah, back in it now, ten to seven. I think we saw some nerves early from this Chargers team. It, Fumbling the punt for one, not being able to get a whole lot of action going offensively. And then defensively, there were a couple mistakes in that secondary for the Chargers. We saw with the Raiders being able to take advantage of one of those with the big tight end play to Foster Moreau. There was another play that Derek Carr left some points out there on the field where he completely overthrew Zay Jones, who got behind, had a mismatch against one of the linebackers, had three or four steps on him and and overthrew him by a couple of steps. So... I think here, now the Chargers settling in. Now we're back to 10-7. I think all the nerves are gone now, at least from the standpoint of the adrenaline of it. Now, it's a, now in a sense, it's a playoff game. Now you're out there to ready to compete. I want to see as we get closer as this game progresses and we get into this second half, Brady, uh, who starts to get tight from the pressure of where they're at and what this game means for them to move forward or win or go home cost.
2: Yeah, and I think which defense is going to step up too? If you look at the live market, uh, ten to seven Raiders with about twelve and a half minutes left to go in the first half, and the Chargers have moved back to the role of the favorite in the live market at one and a half points. Over Las Vegas, but your total really starting to creep up now, James, up to 54 and a half. It closed 49 and a half. And you and I were, you know, trying to analyze how this game was going to play out before they kicked off. And with the aggressive nature of Brandon Staley, the head coach, and what's on the line here and our guest, Michael Duarte, he thought they might be aggressive here in the first half, maybe be a little bit more conservative in the second half. Do you have any thoughts on where you might go in game on the total if you had
4: to make a play? Yeah, well, I mean, sitting now at 54 and a half, but still a lot of points. I just feel like we get into the second half uh, with so much on the line, I wonder if they continue that aggressive nature when it gets close. We get to the fourth quarter. Do things start to tighten up? And be a little more conservative with it because they don't want to. They don't want to do anything to hurt themselves. Are you playing to win? Or are you playing not to lose? I think that remains to be seen, and that's the challenge here for both of these coaches. We know for Brandon Staley, going to take shots. They're they're not afraid to go for it on fourth down. But the Raiders did that too, like you mentioned in that first quarter, going for it inside their own fifteen on fourth and two, able to convert and ultimately put that ball in the end zone on that drive, taking advantage of the fumbled punt. Yeah, Brady, i have I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I haven't done anything yet with this game. And right now, I think it's still, I'm still feeling it out this way, just kind of as both of these teams are trying to fill each other out in this heavyweights fight.
2: Well, we will get to our best bets at the end of this hour and grade those for the weekend. I believe you had some pretty good ones there with your player props, James. Uh, I'm not going to get involved in this game. I had a pretty good day. I was 4-1 in the contest play. Um, But uh, I'm wondering, with the consensus picks we went over here for the Circa Millions and the Westgate uh, Super Contest, did you uh, figure in anything as far as uh, quarterly awards or stuff like that in Week
4: 18? Nope, no cash. I was not in contention for anything. Not even the booby prize. It was not a good season for me. And in retrospect, looking at the... the, the entirety of the contest year. I've had actually, it's interesting, Brady. This has probably been this has been my worst year playing in any of these contests where I've cashed five out of the seven years that I've played. No caches this year, no quarterlies, nothing like that. But this has been by far my most profitable year betting the NFL. But it's not just betting size like these contests are a lot of opportunities to take advantage of player props, of in game action, totals, you name it. It's been by far my most profitable year betting the NFL. Well, we knew
2: you'd find find a way to be successful one way or another. Very good. All right, we'll come back take a look at Sunday night football and continue to recap the week 18 card in the NFL right here on the Pro Football Blitz.
3: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Stay free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote. What's up? I'm
0: John Wall. And
1: I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all?
3: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? it?
1: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz
0: with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April the 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our Best Bet daily emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides. Plus, full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. The Las Vegas Raiders take a sack there and now facing third and 18. Derek Carr throws over the middle. They'll come up short there trying to... Moved the sticks, about nine and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Raiders still hanging on to a 10-7 to seven lead there over the Chargers. Looks like they'll be forced to punt it back to L.A. here. Justin Herbert and company will come back on offense as one and a half point favorites. Still in the live market, your total now dips to 51 and a half. James, what has gotten into the Jacksonville Jaguars? Wow, what a crazy game. Trevor Lawrence and company came out on offense to start that game, and they put together one of their best drives of the entire season. The Jaguars saw the money over the weekend and into Sunday morning. They ended up closing as 14-point home underdogs with a total of 43 and, a half. and they led 13-3 at halftime. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts had just 18 yards rushing in the first half, and this one got more bizarre as the game went on. Carson Wentz and the Colts continued to turn the ball over. And the Jaguars continue to capitalize. I, I don't know where this team was all season. They, they looked like a very competitive team today. They were leading by 20 points with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. 23-3. They line up in victory formation and end up taking this one 26-11. to 11, And Jacksonville does it again to the Colts. That's the seventh time in a row now that the Colts have lost to the Jaguars in Jacksonville.
4: I mean, yeah, great great way to finish the season for the jacksonville jaguars but to me this is more the inept uh, just no effort out of the indianapolis colts whatsoever that team came out completely flat you had so much to play for and i feel like this was a team that just uh, felt entitled that they were going to be in the playoffs and didn't really have to give a competitive effort in this contest and that, that just speaks to regardless of who your opponent is you don't show up on sunday you will get beat and that's exactly what happened here thinking about the jacksonville jaguars yeah they brought great effort and great job by that team considering all the issues that they had coach being fired and just getting run getting run last week and i think that also speaks to you know these are professionals brady and even though it's not a good football team jacksonville ends up winning three games on the season and really got blown away last week in New England. I think they're, that competitive pride shows up for these guys. They're all competitors. They've been playing. They've been competing for the, most of their lives at the game of football, right, whenever they started playing, and that's what's really been able to push them ahead. Talent helps too. But I think competitive pride shows up when you get yourself embarrassed the way that they did last week against the New England Patriots. And then for the Colts, they just take them lightly, and it starts, you know, that defensively they weren't into the game. Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the season. No pressure on Trevor Lawrence. They, they, they didn't tackle very well today. That's really – you can tell teams right away from their effort standpoint – How well are they tackling in open space? And they missed a lot of tackles, just not much of an effort. But then it came down to Carson Wentz having to try to rally the team, be the leader at the quarterback position for your ball club and do what you got to do to make some plays. Well, no plays to be made for Carson Wentz. He was awful. Another interception, put the ball on the ground again, six sacks, played with no confidence in the pocket. We saw that last week, too, against the Raiders. Just ultimately a complete meltdown by the Colts the last two weeks, not being able to win last week at home against the Raiders T. and then this week, complete no-shows. You know what? Colts got what they deserved. They deserve not to be in the playoffs of how they finish. Good enough. They're done for the season. You know, we talked about it
2: a little bit, and it was part of my handicap this week. I was on the Jaguars uh, in a teaser, and then they were one of my contest picks as well. Uh, But if you look at the Colts, they started the season out 0-3, and in those three games, they were outgained by their opponent. So that makes sense. You're outgained by your opponent. You're 0-3. The last three games of the season, out of their bye week, they had been out-yarded in those three games as well, but they were 2-1 and straight up. They had won two out of the three games. So that tells me something was leaking with this team, and we talked about it going into Jacksonville. They they were kind of limping to the finish line. So, you know, I mean, they weren't really winning impressively. They were getting out-yarded by their opponent. And uh, I thought that set up for a bad situation here. And, you know, you're asking now this team to lay 15, 16, 14 points, whatever it is. Uh, And and then coupled with the fact that you talked about it, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed by the Patriots. And that's usually a good spot to come back and back the team the next
4: week. Yeah, they're the. He's, this is the job. Their livelihoods are on the line. A lot of these players, we know the coaching staff's not going to be back next year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to be looking for other jobs. This is their audition. How did you finish out the season? Did you still remain competitive and have some professionalism about you, both from the coaching staff as well as the players here? Whether those players are going to be on the, that Jacksonville roster or be looking for work elsewhere somewhere, this is the last piece you can put on film to to kind of put your reels together per se to say, look, even when we were having a horrible season how we finished out we are competitive we are professionals and this is what you can expect from me as an individual as a player as well as a coach so i mean good for the jacksonville jaguars to step out like that i just think the meltdown from the colts on that side just uh, i mean frank think about frank reich and uh it, was a perennial backup his whole career right there in Buffalo as the quarterback behind Jim Kelly. But when he was called upon, he stepped up and he made things happen as a player. And I really like Frank Reich as a coach. And I just wonder what happened to this team. I wonder if it really just sits with that quarterback position with Carson Wentz. We've talked about it. We've talked about it years previously with Carson Wentz, how he gets into this hero ball mode. I feel like he's always trying to validate himself as because of where he played college football, where he was drafted, feeling like he always has to prove himself and and to be the leader of the team, not being that quarterback, the healthy quarterback that drilled Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl back a few years ago. And then we saw Wentz the last couple of weeks really revert back to the same Carson Wentz we saw the last couple of years in Philadelphia. And I don't know where do the Indianapolis Colts go forward right now, Brady, with the quarterback.
2: The Houston Texans, they gave the Tennessee Titans plenty of fits for a little while anyway. The Titans, they missed a field goal attempt early in the game, and this was a scoreless tie well into the second quarter. Tennessee was bet up all the way to an 11-point road favorite at the close with a total of 43. A win gives them the number one seed in the AFC. If they lost, it was going to go to Kansas City. And then about halfway through the second quarter, Tennessee broke the ice Got out to a seven-nothing lead, and it was pretty smooth sailing until halftime when they led 21 to nothing. But the Texans, they made some noise in the second half, and with less than 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. This was a three-point game. They exchanged touchdowns and with four minutes left, it was a three-point game. But Tennessee was able to hang on from there. They get the win. The Texans get the money. 28 to 25, your your final, and this game sails over the total. Did get a little bit nervy there for Titans fans, but they were in control most of the way.
4: They were for that first half, for sure. I just wonder, thinking about... Did they start to celebrate the fact that they were going to clinch the AFC at halftime in that locker room and <laughs> yeah. came out a little complacent, right? They're up 21 to nothing, and all of a sudden, you're you're in a, a dogfight with the Texans. And I think credit to the Texans for, again, that competitive pride showing out, being a professional and playing for a full 60 minutes, and then head coach David Culley. Really haven't heard anything about David Culley all season long. A lot of scrutiny about some of these other coaches, what's going to happen with them in the offseason. We already moved forward with what's happening with Urban Meyer. He's gone as the new coach. There at the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise, but really under the radar for David Culley. But we've seen some progression with Houston over the last handful of weeks. The second half, really the second half of the season, we know that roster is completely devoid of talent. They're right there neck and neck with, with the Jacksonville Jaguars when it comes to just lack of talent on that roster. But we've seen them really give some great competitive efforts. Just think about the, the Chargers game a few weeks back where they just completely handled – the LA chargers at home three weeks ago, winning that game by double digits. And, and I think a lot of that is the credit to the coaching staff to keep their, keep their players focused, keep them competitive, keep them confident out there. And to, to Houston, to, to their Testament there to be able to continue to fight and, and battle and compete for 60 minutes, that's something I think you can take into the offseason, even though they didn't win this game. I think they can take the second half of the season, really the last month of the season in particular, how how competitive the Houston Texans were and I think that's something that they can build on going forward into next year and now for Tennessee. all right, maybe you got that bad 30 minutes of football out of your system. You're going to have the bye week to rest and recuperate and get healthy and we'll see where they come out with Derrick Henry come come the second week, the divisional round, when they're going to be hosting that first playoff game at home. Uh, I I think they can wash this off, and good for the Tennessee Titans to fight through all the injuries they had to be the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, Great job, again, at the coaching spot there for the Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel. I think he's done a, a really good job keeping this team focused and through all the injuries that they suffered.
2: Yeah, there has been some uh, rumblings about David Culley not returning next season for the Texans. I certainly don't think he was the greatest football coach in the world this year, but you're exactly right. They finished strong. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They beat the Los Angeles Chargers. They were leading the 49ers through one half of football, and then they played very competitively against their division rival that they beat earlier in the season. So uh, it was a pretty good finish for the Houston Texans. A good finish to the first half going on right now for the Los Angeles... Angeles Chargers down at Allegiant Stadium. We'll update you on the other side, right here at VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsincom slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. And, of course, it's golf season again, so check out Long shots. They're all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Los Angeles Chargers are back in the end zone, and the extra point is up and good, and it's now a four-point advantage for the Chargers. You know, the Raiders looked like they were really in control for this game for a minute, James. They were out to a 10 to nothing lead, but all of a sudden the Chargers now in control at 14-10 to 10 with just a couple of minutes left in the first half and they moved to five-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market.
4: And it's Austin Eckler leading the way for the Chargers right now, both on the ground and through the air. Just caught that touchdown pass from Justin Herbert. He's got 28 yards receiving with a touchdown, as well as Austin Eckler on the ground. Nine carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. So everything filtering through right now with Austin Eckler with 11 touches here, and I think that's that was the key for the Raiders. Were they going to be able to to match up with Austin Eckler. That was what happened in that first game uh, back early in week four against the Chargers on the road in Los Angeles. Eckler, at least in the first half, for sure had a terrific game, more so rushing the football than receiving, but we know he is, he is a dual threat back, and and the Chargers are doing a great job of being able to pick their spots to find him, and he's everything's in the middle of the field, so it's between the tackles, it's between the hashes, and he's making plenty of plays right now. The Raiders are going to have to find some way to make some adjustments to contain Eckler, because they don't have an answer for him right now.
2: Uh, I know before the show or in our first segment before the game, you talked about betting the under in the first half. That number was 24 and a
4: half, right? Yes, it was. A- I'm B- glad I didn't I didn't do it, and I'm <laughs> glad I didn't. I'm just thinking about last week when we were doing the show on Sunday Night Football and I had the under in the first uh, half and it came down brutal. to that 15. 50- well, was it like 54-yard field goal in the freezing cold from Minnesota to As squeak time it over out. the upright? Yes, it did. So I think here for the Raiders, they still have two minutes. They have – it's a minute and 52 on the clock. They have all three timeouts. And you know what, Carlson, he's got a strong leg, and they're playing indoors. So Raiders are definitely – they have plenty of time to go down and put some points on the board. I'd really be sweating this. I'm glad I didn't bet that I took it out of the queue. I had it locked and loaded and ready to go, but ultimately I did not fire on that. I think part of it was thinking about our last Sunday. I've done pretty well on our Sunday night, on our Sunday night telecast when we are going through these games and, and making some bets. That one really stung me last week, and maybe that was part of – maybe that was subconsciously in the back of my head just saying, stay away, don't play another first half total on Sunday night.
2: Well, I tell you what, some bets that you did make earlier today worked out pretty well. Let's go over our best bets now, and we released these on the Saturday edition of the Pro Football Blitz, and then we grade them here on Sunday. One that I really like, James, and it kind of you know, gave me – confidence in my bet on the San Francisco 49ers was seeing you with Elijah Mitchell over 17 and a half rushing attempts, over 17 and a half carries for the 49ers. And the way you handicapped that was you figured, you know, the way that the San Francisco 49ers attacked the Los Angeles Rams is with a physical running game. And that's their stud right there, Elijah Mitchell. And sure enough, that one cashed 17 and a half seemed awful low to me. I mean, doesn't everybody know they're going to feed him?
4: Well and and they didn't have that opportunity in the first half. The first drive of the game what the Rams went I think it took close to 8 to 9 minutes off the clock. For Los Angeles driving down. Now they only got three out of it, but it was a nine. It was a 13-play, nine-minute drive from the Rams, and they really dominated time of possession in that first half. Not a lot of opportunities for the 49ers. They fell behind 17 to nothing. We're 17 to down 17 to three to close out and go into that third quarter. But yeah, they got back to rushing the football, and not only with Elijah Mitchell when he's out there, he, he's got a great feel for that zone blocking scheme. He's a terrific runner. He's not afraid to run in between those, the, the one hole, the three hole. He's not afraid to get back in there and, and get behind some of those big uglies. And you didn't have Williams out there. Trent Williams not out there at the left tackle position for San Francisco, but ultimately they got back to their identity in that second half. Not only with Eliza Mitchell, but also Debo Samuel ran the ball very well too, and and that's who San Francisco is. So because of this, the score, how it was dictated, they didn't get away from it. Sometimes we see these teams and they panic, and yeah, they were down 17 to nothing, 17 to three at the half, but San San francisco knows what their strength is and they did not get shy away from their identity and then once they started getting that running game going in that third quarter we saw a complete shift of momentum in that contest and it was a one-way street in that second half in favor of san francisco
2: well, I won uh, a leg of my teaser that I had uh, on San Francisco as well. How about uh, one of my best bets? The 49ers teased up to plus plus ten and a half, and the Jacksonville Jaguars teased up to plus 21 and a half, and both of those teams went outright. That That one worked out all right.
4: Yeah, all right. <laughs> we didn't even need the extra points there. And thinking about, figured that was going to be a, a- – a tight game with the division, or not the division on the line, but playoffs on the line. Division on the line for the Los Angeles Rams, potentially, but also playoff spot on the line for the San Francisco 49ers. Plus, it's a rivalry game. These teams don't like each other. There was some popping off going on during the week uh, in press conferences, mainly by the Rams, in a sense. Aaron Donald had some words to say about Debo Samuel or didn't know who Debo Samuel was, all these different types of things. But ultimately, you know, the only thing that really talks is scoreboard and their it is san francisco talking again but i I just uh, take it away from that game so yeah with those teasers sometimes how do you feel brady when it's like man i did not even need those extra points i could have played those teams outright with not only the spread but both of those teams not only cover the teaser they cover the number and they win the games outright
2: yeah you know i mean that's always a good situation uh you know a a friend told me and and the juice has changed um two point or or two team six point teasers uh now you know what you can find for the most part is minus one twenty, which I don't think is too bad. Some some stores charge even more, um, but I don't mind minus one twenty. Now, a, a friend of mine that was actually uh, on our Sansu C team, uh, still is on our Sansu C team. Um, he told me he he's spent a lot of a lot of his uh, working career in the casino business and. When it was minus 110, a two-team six-point teaser in the NFL, he told me, was about the highest EV bet you could make in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I, I heard that loud and clear. Now, you probably obviously lose a little bit of that when it goes to minus 120 and obviously even more expensive. But, James, you know how the NFL market is probably the most efficient and tightest market in the sports betting world. And so I think when you skew a point spread by six points, it really throws it out of whack and I think
4: into your advantage. Yeah, you you mentioned it. The market, especially as the season progresses now that we're in the end of the season, it's it's the market's not any it's as sharp as it's going to be and yeah it's it we know it's hard to win games in the NFL and trying to beat these numbers and beat these spreads but for me I I don't have a whole lot of opportunities for teasers with some of the books out here in Colorado but there are the alternate lines and I've gotten into some of these alternate lines in a sense it's kind of like a teaser but you can move the number around Maybe if you have a team that's sitting at four and a half and you want to push them through the seven, you can do that, and you don't have to pay as much of a price and be able to make those parlays. So in a sense, I've been playing teasers too, but it's been more so those Moneyline alternate plays that I've been doing. I've shared some of those with, with you and our producer, Dan Miller, in the past, and I think that's a market that I'm still getting acclimated to now that sports betting is legal out here in Colorado. And honestly, Brady, like I was saying earlier in the show, this has been my most successful year from a betting standpoint, Sunday to Sunday to Sunday throughout the season. And I think that's a big part of it is just being able to capitalize on all the other opportunities that are out there, at least here in Colorado, with all the options that we have with with the books in the NFL. Yeah, you really have a terrific menu
2: out there in Colorado and a ton of operators as well. Uh, You and I both cashed uh, another one of our best bets with a sneaky little backdoor cover. I had a two team six point teaser on the Dolphins plus 13. Didn't need those points. They went one out, right? but I also had the Falcons teased up to 10 and a half and uh, every half point matters, right? Well, you also had the Cincinnati Bengals plus six and that one got a little nervy until the very end where they climbed through the back door as well.
4: It did. It was ugly, but they had a final drive all the way down. They were able to convert, and that was an ugly game. We suspected that game with Cleveland and Cincinnati was going to be ugly. But uh, so many players off the field, for in particular for Cincinnati, I just felt like that number sitting at six in favor of the Cleveland Browns with this standpoint in this season. and. Uh, how are they going to be favored by six points over anybody, even a team like Cincinnati that, yeah, they're going to the playoffs, but sat a number of their starters, and and it's still a divisional game, and, yeah, every point matters. Every half point matters. What? How is that? I felt like that New Orleans game, was there a backdoor? There was a late score, right? There was a 13-play, 85-yard drive by the Falcons. They were down 30-13, to and we were able to push that through at the lap with 21 seconds to play, so... It's not over until we see all three zeros pop up on there and every half point matters to your point, Brady. Good job.
2: And it was kind of weird. They didn't even kick an onside kick. They kind of did a squib kick. And, uh, of course, New Orleans recovered at about their own five-yard line or whatever, 20 seconds left. and. That was your ball game. New Orleans uh, misses out on the playoffs with the San Francisco 49ers victory. We'll come back, get more into the recaps and update Sunday night football. Raiders trying to put a score on the board here before halftime.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube,
0: or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Welcome back. This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zyn, America's number 1 nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zyn. So head on over to zyn.com/find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com/find. The Los Angeles Chargers leading the Las Vegas Raiders 14-10. to 10. There are 41 seconds left before halftime, and the Raiders were facing a first and 10 there from the Los Angeles 43-yard line. Derek Carr went deep in the end zone there, and James, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like they have thrown the flag for pass interference, and the Raiders will have uh, what looks to be probably a
4: first and goal situation, yes? Yeah, they're going to be right outside the goal line. It's pot foul somewhere so, yeah, they're lined up at the one-yard line. It was a really fortunate situation for the Raiders. De- Derek Hart was trying to extend the play, extend the play, got way outside the pocket. He was just throwing that ball through the end zone and throwing it away. And I think it was Chris Harris that uh, this just- got in the way of the of the receiver that had no chance to catch that football. Very fortunate situation and then there it is. Josh Jacobs bangs it in from the one and the Raiders take the lead and Brady the game goes over in the first half and I didn't bet it so I'm feeling good about that. No bet. Sometimes those bets you don't make are the best bets you can play. I'm glad I didn't bet it. It would have been a loser and that would have really been that would have really been tough one to swallow because it would have been third and long outside of field goal range but because that flag came in a very fortunate again situation for the Raiders to get the benefit of that call from the from the officials. That one would have really stung.
2: Yeah, we uh that's the luxury we have as betters. We don't have to play anything. We don't have to play everything. The bookmaker has to post everything. Yep. So a good no play there by you, James. And I saw that replay of that pass interference. That was a awful call. That was a flop by the Raiders receiver there. Uh, the, the defensive back just kind of got turned around and he just kind of, you know, hand checked him there and the, and the receiver fell to the ground like he pushed. him. That was pretty bad. Uh, the Raiders fortunate there. They will go into the locker room with the lead 17 to 14 still 37 seconds left before halftime and they move to a one and a half point favorite now in the live market and your total at, uh, the highest it's been all game here now at 55 and a half in the live line uh, the Washington football team and the New York Giants James what an ugly game this was the Giants fans were booing and those were probably the same fans that brought this line down with Giants money earlier this morning it closed at six in favor of the Washington football team with a total of 36 and a half Washington was able to just muster two field goals in the first half And it was six to nothing at the break. Jake Fromm at quarterback for New York was four of seven for 16 yards in the first half in this game. And then Antonio Gibson got it going, uh, nearly 150 yards on the ground for the football team. Jake Fromm threw a pick six in the second half. And this ugly scene was finally stopped with Washington coming away victorious. 22-7, 22 to 7. They cover as six point road favorites. The game does stay under the total. Washington finishes the season at 7 and 10, and the Giants drop to 4-13.
4: I think for the Giants, just a complete wreck at the quarterback position when Daniel Jones went out. And there was a lot of talk over the the this offseason for daniel jones was this going to be the make or break year for daniel jones to cement himself as the the quarterback of this franchise to go forward a lot of pressure on him well and not that he had this tremendous season by any means but man without him sometimes you don't know what you have until they're not out there and they're gone and i think thinking about where the giants were from the quarter at quarterback whether it was jake Fromm or it was mike glennon i mean those five starts they had they were it was just it's been a it's Been awful. They averaged 135 yards passing per game in those five starts. They had nine interceptions in those games. They had been sacked 12 times, fumbled the ball six times, lost three of those fumbles, and same thing again today. They barely broke the century mark. Jake Fromm had 103 yards passing, another two interceptions, three sacks. Defense created offense for the Washington football team here. That's why I was kind of concerned with playing this total. I liked the under, but I was concerned, well, would the Would Jake Fromm find some points for the Washington football team? Well, he did. I think he had a pick six and the turnover, set up some short fields for the Washington football team. Just a bad situation all the way around for the Giants and just a a wreck. I don't know what's going to happen to this team in the offseason. Is Joe Judge still going to be there? But I guess from the quarterback standpoint, well, I guess now you see the value of even Daniel Jones, not a top flight quarterback by any means in this league, Brady, but man, a huge downgrade when Jones is not out there for the New York Giants.
2: Yeah, it's really incredible. I I would have expected more out of Jake Fromm, uh, and we've seen him a few times in the last handful of games, and he has just been not productive at all and and throwing interceptions as well. So uh, I don't know what the future holds for Jake Fromm or the New York Giants, but that was really an awful close to the season. By this team, the Los Angeles Chargers now with just 19 seconds left. Looks like they might get a pass interference call of their own here as they go back and forth and try and put another score on the board before the break. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens, and this was one of the more entertaining games of the morning wave, James, uh, despite it being just a 3-3 tie at the halftime. It was that physical football, lots of turnovers. T.J. Watt was going nuts again, a game dominated by defense, just exactly what you expect out of these two AFC North rivals. The Ravens closed as three-point favorites, with a total of 40 and a half, and it was 10 to six Ravens with six minutes left in the game, and Pittsburgh driving. It was Big Ben to chase Claypool with less than three minutes remaining, and the Steelers had the lead 13 to 10. Fast forward to overtime. The Ravens win the toss. They do not score. Pittsburgh drives it down the other way. They get a Chris Boswell field goal to walk it off. 16-13 to 13 in overtime. And with the Colts' loss, the Steelers are in the playoffs as long as the
4: Raiders and Chargers here do not finish in a tie. A wild game. And it's a rivalry game. And those are, these are the, bad weather, too. It was an ugly weather game. I lost that Big Ben passing prop because it went to overtime. He had been, I think, through three quarters. He had only thrown about 120 yards in the game. It was an ugly game on both sides offensively and no rushing game whatsoever. Najee Harris got hurt early in the game. He did come back and and compete for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was beat up and banged up, and no team was able to, to get much going in the passing game. Baltimore really was able to pound the football in that first half, in particular. Latavius Murray had a huge game in that first half. He had 150 yards total, had a big touchdown run, in that game and it felt like baltimore was in control of that matchup but They just couldn't extend drives. They were terrible on third down watching this game. It felt like so many three and outs for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm looking at the box score now. They were 3 of 14 on third down. And when you have a lead but you can only go 3 of 14 on third down, that makes it difficult to be able to put more pressure on your opponent because you're constantly giving the ball back to them and giving them opportunities, and that's exactly what happened. You mentioned the late drive for Big Ben and Pittsburgh Steelers offense to be able to move it down there late in the game and go away ahead with the, the the lead touchdown but yeah you got to be able to sustain drives and I think for Baltimore it was just such a tough season all the way around from the injury from injuries with that roster to begin the season going into the season all the injuries they sustained during the preseason to their offensive line to the running back core then throughout the season linebackers defensive linemen the the cornerback situation was a complete disaster off from an injury standpoint and We saw Baltimore compete each and every week for the most part, but it's just so hard to sustain that level of play when you're playing so many backup players, and it came back to bite them today against the Steelers.
2: And I thought, uh, you know, Tyler Huntley wasn't as good as we've seen him the last few weeks. Uh, Through an interception in the end zone, that was really a killer when the Ravens were really trying to put their foot on the neck of the pittsburgh steelers but uh, baltimore is eliminated from the postseason, and pittsburgh will advance it's really been a wild ride for mike tomlin his fifteenth season in a row that turns out to be not a losing season and then he gets the jacksonville win today and the win over the baltimore ravens to move on to the playoffs really remarkable job once again by Mike Tomlin. T.J. Watt was outstanding. But uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, this will be interesting, James. It looks like they will face the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. And, of course, that was a game we just saw a couple weeks ago where Kansas City really manhandled them.
4: Yeah, they completely dominated that game, both sides of the ball, nothing offensively for the Steelers. It was just an ugly game all the way around. And I just wonder how much do the Steelers have left right now to put it through. You think about the the grind of the season, of an extra game, 17 games, we know that. But then how this how this finished up for Pittsburgh, just a lot of high-level competitive but ugly performances when it comes to they're winning these football games. They did what they had to do against Cleveland and Baltimore to put themselves in this position to win. but. You know, their bye week came in week seven. So these last three months has just been a grind. I just wonder what they're going to have left from a physical standpoint going back to Kansas City next week.
2: The Raiders get the ball back on offense and take a knee. They will go to the locker room with a three-point lead. The Chargers get the second-half kickoff, and we'll start on offense when we resume. We'll get you a halftime line when we come back on the Pro Football Blitz.